What's up, what's up, y'all? This is your host with the most. Let's have a toast. Your man, Lita Johnson. We are here right now to put you in for more of Follow the Leader. And I got some stuff for you. Of course, I got some juice for you, my man. Like everybody. Just want to come and um, talk about some things. We're going to get straight to it. Um, Me and Lord Brunson, we have some. Only the person brave enough. Or, you know, sensible enough to have, like, certain conversations, you know. Uh, but I, I really honor a lot of followers. And, of course, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> you know, get to y'all and um tell y'all, man, you, you'll, you'll be on here. I, I'll, I'll gracefully and honorably accept your um opinions, no doubt, you know. But um, some things is crazy, but I will. I think it's a lot of fuel for fire. Uh, we got the... Michael Parsons to the Devontae Smith. There's a back and forth there. There's a who's generational talent. Is Jace Chase Young a generational talent? Why is he? That will all be explained. But first, let's go to that. That was our first conversation. And, um, we got into quite a mix. Um, first, let's just do this. Because we went back and forth on some things and he, I guess, I guess he feel like you're looking at Chase Young. Let's first just look at him. Let's just start from the beginning. And what I say about generational talents, you look at Ben Simmons. Remember Ben Simmons? You look at LeBron James. A lot of these guys, when 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 we're talking generational talents, you got levels to this. And Chase Young was called a generational talent from high school. Man, Chase Young was the seventh most ranked. He was the second. Best defensive end in his class. A seventh-ranked player in the whole nation out of 247 sports. And, you know, you got some guys that can be ranked over certain guys, but we talk about abilities. This guy had an unbelievable motor to rush the pass. The power, leadership, you don't see that coming around. Not the way Chase Young does it. And it was guys like Jalen Phillips who ranked above him. But once you get Chase Young on the football field, there is a different branch there. Okay, now we come here and we talk about certain. Ryan Kerrigan was another guy, and we come here. We talking about the reason why I'm saying this is because you know just to give people a, a certain dialogue of. Certain people that you know might be ranked over guys. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan has become a very good player. You know, those are just some of the guys that were ranked over. Him, right now, let's go to JJ Watt, who ended up becoming a generational talent through his play in the NFL. JJ Watt, his first year in the NFL, had five and a half sacks. 56 total tackles, 13 tackles for laws, 19 quarterback hits. This was not generational talent, but this looked like a good NFL player. Productive even for years. But the next year he had 20 and a half sacks, 39 tackles for laws, 43 quarterback hits. Two fumble recovery, two forced fumbles, 16 pass defense. So now we're talking about J.J. Watt and what he can do. And the year after that was 10 and a half sacks, 20 and a half, 17 and a half. Things just started to get crazy. 29 tackles for losses, two straight years. I mean, past defense, he had two years where it was 10 or more for a guy that could play defensive end. He could play linebacker. He was just, he was just a different talent. Different talent. Even a little bit of offense. Just a different talent. Change the whole team landscape. But that took... A minute for people to recognize that he had to get in the pros. Same thing with Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was the 353-ranked player in the nation. 30th-ranked defensive tackle. We want to talk some defensive tackles. He was a 12th-ranked player in PA. He's from PA, yes, Penn Hills High School, Pittsburgh. 
All right. Some guys are ranked over him. Who, okay, who's ranked over him? You know. Dominic Easley. Guys that you can kind of remember. Wasn't too many guys that turned into talents like that. Like, seriously. And so you have to really realize and see certain things. Like, a guy like him comes into the league and... Even coming from the, the high school standpoint, you might think he's going to be good, but not as good as he turned out to be, and we'll get to the college part. But in the NFL, what did he do? Nine sacks is big in your first year. Nine sacks is huge. 18 tackle for losses. You start to feel, you see a guy do it, but there's a lot of guys that have had good. You know, Hugh Douglas is one. I mean, it's guys that have good first years. I'm just going to say Hugh Douglas, like, you know, throw some stuff out there. 13 quarterback. I mean, but nobody turns into a generational talent. But when you start getting 11 and 37 quarterback gets an 11 sacks and 22 tackles for losses, 25, 20 tackles for losses. Well, it took a minute because he started to become a dominant guy. You know, five forced fumbles. Uh, you know, one. I mean, he even had six years with two or more forced fumbles. I mean, it's just something to force that you got two years where you do. Four more forced fumbles. 20 and a half sacks. Finally. Changes his whole outcome as a player. Oh, this guy is unbelievable. Then he gets 12 and a half next year. 13 and a half. Aaron Donald is a physical force. It's no doubt about it. Some things just have to be looked at. So we come back to... um. Feeling like, you know, looking at Chase Young. This first year, this is this is jumping to the, the thing, okay? We Chase Young, unbelievable talent. Uh first year. Fifteen games started. Fifteen games just from the door. Four passes defense. The six five, two sixty-four athletic freak. Four force fumbles. Three fumble recoveries, seven and a half sacks, one touchdown, 44 total tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 12 quarterback hits. We're talking about on a team that's less fortunate. You get on a team like this and um, we're talking about the Washington football team. You know, he's become a guy that became double teamed a lot. Open it up for the whole, like, he's a different monster. When people start talking about how good their Washington football team defense was, it's because Chase Young's impact, the impact in Montez Sweat and all those guys. There's a reason why they didn't give a care about Ryan Kerrigan, because they have a generational talent. This guy could get after you relentlessly. I mean, one thing that Micah Parsons and, you know, guys like that have is that, um you know, that's why J.J. Watt was looking at so big, the way he was able to come through and influence the defense. But Houston defense got better. Remember, J.J. Watt had five and a half sacks, nine sacks for Aaron Donald. And so I look at who's on these defensive teams. If you do your homework, I mean, Chase Young had less of people around him to impact the defense. You had young guys. If you put these guys now, look at this defensive team, Washington football team just lost against that without Chase Young. With Chase Young, it's a whole different defense. We talk about Dallas, but Dallas definitely had Demarcus Lawrence and so many other guys that, you know, they had, they had a nice little couple of good defensive players, but we're talking about the Washington football team, man. Compared to the Dallas defense? Take Chase Young away from Washington football team. Take Michael Parsons away from you know, Dallas. Let's go to Michael Parsons, the unbelievable. Michael Parsons, okay, Chase Young was seventh ranked in the nation in his class, okay? So, the 2017 class, Michael Parsons was in the 2018 class, next class, and he was the fifth ranked player. All right, who was ranked ahead of Michael Parsons? 
as a defensive end. Yeah, I'll be a no a number. I mean, hey, whatever. I guess he gets his stuff, but Michael Parsons. I'm gonna tell you why putting him because I saw you know a lot of people say Michael by putting him against anybody else is come on fifth ranked guy in the nation um guys ranked above Michael Parsons in, in recruits uh, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields Xavier Thomas and then Noma guy I'm sorry below him was Patrick Sertan I just had to say that it's below him. Chase Young. Above Chase Young is Jalen Phillips, Najee Harris, Cam Akers, Alex Leatherwood, Foster Sorrell, and Marvin Wilson. Below him was Jeff Okuda, but hey, what are we talking about? I mean, them guys in the NFL, how many are starting? How many are impacting? We know. I mean, if you know football, I don't even have to say nothing. That's why I, I, I let you. I mean, because if you don't know, then you're on a, you're, you're totally out to lead. Chase Young and, and, and Michael Parsons are different from J.J. Watt. I mean, coming straight out the gate, these guys, look at where those guys were ranked. They weren't even thought of. While Chase in, in the same level that Chase Young and Michael Parsons is being thought of, Aaron Donald and JJ Watt weren't not. When you look at uh, Aaron Donald and and, and uh, JJ Watt, both for top fifteen picks. Just for fun, you want to get into we we can we can talk Michael Parsons numbers, but I'm gonna tell you why he is just a guy you just don't really. Talk about 75 tackles, 12 sacks, three forced fumbles, two passes defense, 11 stuffs. Uh, diabolical. Diabolical. It was even more diabolical, 24, 25 quarterback hits. 17 tackles for losses. It's good, right? Um, we'll get back to Michael Parsons. We'll get back to why that in a minute. But generational talents like Parsons, and I mean, it's just crazy because I can talk all day about Chase Young and his relentless pursuit as a player, his unbelievable um, next level rushing ability, unbelievable first step, strong arms that can just, you know, he doesn't even have to use up a body strength first to take you out. Quickness, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, but sometimes we get caught up in these games, man. We get caught up in these games of, you know, teams and who could be this and who could be that. But Jace Young is, like, no doubt, clearly that guy. Now, I feel like college is known now to bring up the Aaron Donald. I remember Laura Brunson doing that. They are their generational talents now that they filled out. I mean, because you have to respect people's levels. Because I, I one time I was like, they're not generational talents. They're just great, and they just end up being great NFL players. Because generational talents are usually projected from high school or from college, high school, college, high school, college, high school. No, not when. Is a couple of years because Aaron Donald wasn't a generational talent after nine sacks. Took about three, four years for people to say, "Who took four years?" People say, "Ooh, this guy, he's different." J.J. Watt took three years. Ooh, this guy's different. That's usually where it feels out there. But these guys were looked at from a go. I mean, even if some predictions are wrong, you can say that guy generational talent. In some predictions, just run. He doesn't. He doesn't become that talent in the NFL. But one thing you can't say after a first year, a guy having seven and a half sacks, and his second year, he isn't even. He's been hurt and injured. You can't predict him then. That's a little unfair, don't you think? You sit there and say a guy isn't after a bad second year. 
that first year is definitely everything was proven. He was definitely generational talent. Everybody, the eyes were big. They're still big now. Just because he's hurt. I mean, that's crazy. I just don't even see where the knockoff. That means when you, if he say, if you, if a guy says he's not generational, if Lord Brunson says he's not generational talent now, he didn't think he was a generational talent before he came out or when people were saying it in the first place, which is absolutely eye-popping and crazy to say. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, yes, they're generational talents from high school that was being said. Now you have to see if they live up to that generational talent because you can still be a generational talent from high school and just don't live up to it. A generational talent is all based on his, at what he has, his skill set, his attributes, what he's doing with his skill set from high school. And you can say, man, with that, you look at that guy's skill set in, in college and high school and say, man, he can translate that to the NFL. That, those, 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 that first step, that quickness, that ability to pass rush, his instincts, his leadership, his unbelievable power, all next level. That's what people are saying, next level, that will translate into a dominant player or that can translate. How about that? Because look at the word. Like You can actually say this because I think people need to understand this. You can say a guy's a generational talent, bro. You can say a guy is a generational talent. And he hasn't even came to be that yet, right? But you see the skill set. You see what he does. You see how he plays. And say, man, that speed is, ooh, the way what he does with that speed. How he runs. How he catches. How he throws. How he reads the coverage. How he acts as a player on the field. Uh, it's always a combination. It's never one skill set that makes you a generational talent. Talent is the word. I think people are getting stuff, uh, talent mixed up with generational player. But I'm going to fall into the trap because I like to, I know I can burn any type of uh, conversation. That's what you're trying to say. Generational players and generational talents are two different words. That's where Brunson is really at. Generational talent, that, that's <laughs> that's what he is. But you're looking at generational players and Aaron Donald and um JJ Watt. But I'm 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 a you know generational player. You could say that about Michael Parsons, even though it's one year. He's a generational talent. This year he's playing like a generational player. And you can, you, what if somebody came behind you and said, and brought up all these examples and said, well, he's not really a generational talent player because he's only did one season and he has a lot of seasons to go. He could be kind of right. But you're also putting gambles. Everybody does. Well, a guy having this good of a season, man, he's a generational player and a generational talent. But we're going to knock that off because we know people are going to be like, oh, he's trying to say. And I'm just telling you the real facts. So let's go to generational talent. Yeah, both of them are generational talents. It's not even. And if you want to leave generational talent into J.J. White and Aaron Donald, now you're seeing why they're knocked off until their fourth year, third, third or fourth, fourth year in the NFL. You see what they did. A lot of guys that had nine, ten sacks their first year. Guys didn't turn out to be exactly what their first year was. Or that second year was. There are so many of them, man. There are so many guys who thought would be generational players but wasn't. I'm just telling you the real deal. Now, I know I'm sorry to break people's, you know, now they're going to go back. No, no, man, I can't. No, I can't, man, I can't. I'm just telling you real facts, my man. I mean, this is real, real red facts. But I'm going to give in to your, um, I'm going to give in to your. Uh, analogy of your, your analyst work, your analysis, excuse me, excuse me, your analysis of a generational talent. And you're saying that, you know, we, we know generational talent, Michael Parsons. We know that. I saw that. But how do you say he's not, he's one, but Chase Young is one because he had 12 sacks. You can't compare people to Michael Parsons. That's like the Mahomes factor. That That is unbelievable. You really... I'm just taking them out of here. You cannot. That, that's like a cheat code. 
That's a generational talent. Of course, a generational talent. He's been generational talent since he was in high school. The man was an elite running back. He rushed for almost, what, 1,500 yards. The man was scoring over 20 touchdowns on people in high school. They didn't know. Re- Look, it was a time Penn State was going to think about putting this man at running back and playing defense. Yeah, sometimes people was thinking tight end. You know, Ohio State. He committed to Ohio State. And I was like, yo, he coming home. He came home to Penn State. He was the most sought-after recruit, even though he was the fifth-ranked guy. And all of all of the, he was the most talented out of everybody. I used to always say he's the best prospect in the whole entire class. I used to always say that. Just like I tell people, Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence. He's been better than Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is an unbelievable talent, another transcendent talent, but he's just not better than Justin Fields, and we'll see what happens. You know, we've had guys like Rick Meyer not turn out to be good. Killy Smith, you know, remember guys being drafted, they were supposed to be good, good, and not good. Ryan Leaf. So many players. Lawrence Phillips was supposed to be the man. You know, he was productive for a minute, but he wasn't the guy that everyone thought he was going to be. You're talking talents now. Unbelievable talents. But what we mean by generational talents is like Bo Jackson, like I say, LeBron James, Ben Simmons, Luka Doncic, when he came out, yes. No question. Let's keep it funky, baby. <laughs> you don't get too many. You know, guys that come out of nowhere, they become talents like that. And he's one of them. Now, Michael Parsons is that guy. Now, we have to separate everybody from everybody. Now, let's look at the first years of everybody. Seven and a half, nine seconds. Let's just look at them. Let's look at what happened. Let's look at the college years first. Can, 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 we, can we counter on the college years? I want to counter on college. Now, where do we go? All right. Before we um, take a break. Just want to break this down because it's, it's no doubt. It's crazy if you looked at Chase Young's first year, you look at how Michael Parsons sacked the quarterback. I mean, Michael Parsons, and you look at the size of both these guys for one. Chase Young is um, I just one of the other, he's 6'5, 264. Michael Parsons is what? I mean, 6'3, 245. So we're talking about. For one, two different positions, and one guy who can play defensive end just as good as Chase Young, but he's a linebacker right now. People are putting him at linebacker to let him stand up and do his thing. Chase Young is so athletic. You can, put, you can make him stand up. Make him stand up like a linebacker, but he won't be as fast as Parsons, but he'll still be an effective pass rusher. The man lived up to the hype. First off, among all these guys, where was Chase Young drafted? Number two pick. Everybody else, top 13, even though I feel like the dumbest, one of the dumbest drafts, seeing Michael Parsons drafted all the way to 12 and seeing Justin Fields not the number one pick. I just think that was just unbelievably crazy. But you have drafts like that. Hey. Like I said, um, if I remember, Aaron Donald was like 12. 11 to 12, Jason, Jason, J.J. Watt and Larry Down were drafted around like 11 to 13. One of those two, they, they're in there. They didn't go no, no, no higher or lower than 11 to 13. You know, one of those, one of those, they, I remember, you know, because I didn't even really, to be honest, man, I mean, I knew about Aaron Donald because of PA. You know, Pittsburgh and Penn State is a big, uh, it's a serious rivalry. And, you know, he was one of those, oh, God, no, <laughs> not him. But even him, we're looking at two sacks, 11 sacks his second year, five and a half sacks. He was always a terror, 11 sacks in 2013. Nobody in 29 and a half sacks, uh, he had 28 and a half tackles for a loss his, his last year, 59 tackles, uh, he had 64 tackle season. I mean, he, he had pass defenses. He was, he was everywhere, but he was everywhere, though. He was everywhere. Even if he ain't deflect your pass, he, he, would, he would force the way, you know, he would mess up the way the defense would go. He was a good player, real great player. You know, in the ACC, good player in the Big East, but you know, Penn State and, and Big and, and, and Pittsburgh always have this battle of who's the best. Uh, he also had four forced fumbles in his last year. JJ Watt, where is he at? 
talking about a guy that uh, had uh, you know twenty one tackles for losses last year, fifteen sacks. But you know he played Central Michigan his first year, no stats. Wisconsin his second year, well, which he had fifteen tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, he had seven sacks. Uh, second year of Wisconsin. I mean, you know he had passed. You know, I mean he was. Uh, I didn't really see J.J. Uh, Watt as much. Until he got to Wisconsin, I didn't. But I, I see why, because I heard about the Central Michigan thing, and um, as you can see, I always wondered that why the Central Michigan let him go. It was crazy. He was a tight end over there though, and he turned up to a defensive lineman. But why? Why they didn't see the same talent? Which is another thing where people say, "Well, you think Michael Parsons would play the same with the Eagles?" I'll get to that after the break. People look at and evaluate talent. That is another thing. Come on. And shout out to the guy, P-H-I-L-L-Y, on Twitter. Um, I don't I don't even get your, you know, I'll I, I start talking about some things. What's up, what's up, y'all? This is your host with the most. Let's have a toast. Elaine, Lita Johnson, we are here right now. Look, man, we're going to get out of here for, and we're going to come back for a second segment. Second segment, we will talk about Michael Parson and Devontae Smith. Um. Like I said, there's nothing more to talk about. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, where were people at? Some people just don't watch college football. They don't see players until they get in the league or they hear draft reports. You know, because now it's time to look at the NFL draft, draft reports. Um, We went down the line, Aaron Donald, 11 sacks his second year. In the Pittsburgh, fourth year in Pittsburgh is where stuff got crazy. 28 tackles for 28 and a half tackles for losses, four forced fumbles. Uh, Chase Young, 16 and a half sacks, 21 tackles for losses, seven forced fumbles. He was a beast, 10 and a half sacks his sophomore year. All right, J.J. Watt, come on, man. He played for Central Michigan his first year, 15 and a half tackles for losses, 21 tackles for losses his third year, uh, seven sacks his third year. Five, what, four and a half his second year. Come on, man. Michael Parsons, 82 tackles at linebacker when he was drafted as a five-star defensive end. One and a half sacks, four tackles for losses, two fours fumbles. Second year, 109 tackles, 14 and a half, 14 tackles for losses, five sacks, five pass defense. He can't cover, though. The man definitely showed that. Four forced fumbles. We'll talk a lot about Michael Parsons in the second segment. Um, just undeniably knowing. Just knowing. I will be back, y'all, on Follow Lee to talk more about that guy, Michael Parsons, and Devontae Smith. We'll go down the line. We'll show you everything, tit for tat, and why Michael Parsons should have been um, a Hobson Trophy candidate. At least. All right, we'll be back, y'all. Follow me in the flow. Just like a photo. Just like a photo. Some everlasting. Out of here, y'all. Follow the leader. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Into the second segment. Follow leader. We are not done. So I can take a phrase as well as her. Now it's a daily word. Hell of the normal. Hell of the normal. Yo, 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 what's up? It's your host with the most. So have a toast. It's your guy, Leader Johnson. We are here. And follow the sports podcast, and this is part two of a whole nother subject. Now, we, we talked about the Michael Parsons, and well, at least the Chase Young, is he a generational talent? Which is crazy to say. I think some people are have been doing certain realms of sports for a minute, and you know, it's not so opinions are opinions, you got to give them their opinions, but. Some things are facts. I mean, but as I go back to the overall outline, Chase Young's talent, ability, explosiveness, 
to where he's able to play with it. And that's all it does. I mean, other guys, a lot of guys are born with athletic ability. Um, Odefe Owe, who plays for Baltimore, has the same athletic ability that Parsons has. Parsons is just better with it. Parsons is a more powerful prospect. Both guys can run fast, but Parsons is just the way he plays with it. And that's what it is with Chase Young. So, now we are at Devontae Smith, the Eagles. And, and, you know, shout out to Lord Brunson. He also has a podcast. I mean, he also has a YouTube channel. And he released an episode talking about this situation, Michael Parsons and Devontae Smith. Now, this is a simple one, but I'll, I'll, I'll stretch it. Yeah, I'll stretch it. Devontae Smith was the Heisman Trophy winner. I just think it's real hard, big time, to, um, to judge. It's not It's not fair to judge Parsons and Smith because Parsons is a next-level type of talent. Generational, no, but Devontae Smith was damn good. He's a great, he's a college football great. But generational, you know what? I have, I'm real high on Devontae Smith. Very, very high. I think even with Jamar Chase, he was the best. I thought he was a top five player in that draft. I think he fell too low. So, on some real, on the real, I think people are, are misjudging the generational talent that Smith really is. I think he has generational talent ability. Um, Chase is another unbelievably God-given talent. But uh, great football players in college. But to say that they're considered like Micah Parsons and Chase Young, these guys, like, it's like when you say stuff is not fair. Ben Simmons... He's not a generational talent to y'all. No, he's definitely a generational talent. The things he could do at 6'10 are unbelievable. But he can't shoot. Or he or, or then he can't shoot because we see him shoot. He's not going to shoot at a consistent basis of shooting that jumper. It's not going to make him a complete player, but his talents and gifts people don't have. Like most players just don't have. The elite players in the league don't have the potential of Smith. They might be better, but their talents are not that. It is not. And you could even call him a generational. I'm sorry. I know it's not fair to y'all. Because I, I have to mention this too. Because. Generational player. He, he To be a 6'10 center. Now Medic Johnson did play a 6'9. But did he guard every position. Because he guarded him at an elite level. Ben Simmons chain changing ability. Is the way he can play defense. Pans down. But he still can pass like a point. He can still guard your best player on the team. It's only a couple of players that can really, like Kevin Durant, nobody can hold Kevin Durant. But everybody else, Ben Simmons can hold, even even LeBron, and LeBron's hard. He just matches him for triple-double. He plays his game. Every game he plays LeBron, he's done this. He's a generational talent. That, that's, that's still, no matter what you want him to evolve to, to be, he's not a top-five player in the league, but generational talents are generational talents. You can't just throw a 6'10 player at the point guard position. Even Lamar Odom couldn't play that position at 6'10 and do what he did. No, he couldn't. Say what you want. Nicholas Batum couldn't play as much as he could pass in triple-double threat. No, he couldn't do it. Anthony Mason, you couldn't put him, and he's a point guard type of player. You couldn't put him at the point guard position. Grant Hill is, listen, Grant Hill's good, and I think he could have, without injury, could have been there. Let me take that back. Grant Hill could have played point. But he's a generational talent himself. So we go to Devontae Smith and what he did in college. The first year, no, nothing. What was Devontae Smith coming out of high school? He's one of the top 100 players in the league. He was number 62 in the nation, ninth best receiver. Second best player in Louisiana. 
high level four star. Hey. But we're talking about Michael Parsons. Once again, like I said last episode, number one in his state, number two among defensive ends, number five among players. He came in as a defensive end. Michael Parsons' stats were retarded. In his last year, if we really looking at, you know, Michael Parsons, when you got talent like that, you have to like, if you're a two-way guy, something has to go. Now, in his freshman season, he had 18 and a half sacks. Uh, he had 13 and a half the next year, and he had nine and a half the next year. That's because they started seeing these talents from him, you know. And he, you know what he just said? He, the NFL is not hard to him. <laughs> Did he just stomp on the NFL like that? I ain't never heard that before. But he had 1,239 yards rushing along with nine and a half sacks his last year in high school. He rushed for 100, well, he had 119 all-purpose yards. All right. But he had 27 touchdowns, 600-plus yard games, 103 yards per game rushing. This He can do anything he can't cover. Who's been what? Oh, my God. Just because you get beat by somebody you can't cover? That's not even his main objective, what they have him doing. But you see he's always out there. He's covering. Like, he's been covering people. He's not a great cover. He's a good cover. He, that's not a weakness. He might be uh, one of his things coming out of how he, he, even when they called him generational talent, he was a little bit too aggressive. Even the draft, a little bit too aggressive. You know, he don't have great instincts. He has good instincts. He's just one of those players. Lawrence Taylor, listen. Lawrence Taylor. Just such a relentless monster. His thing wasn't the cover. Some guys just don't do all that. Ray Lewis. Listen, man. If you had to combine Michael Parsons, it's Lawrence Taylor and Ray Lewis, and that's just it. Period, point blank. That's period, point blank. You don't even compare Devontae Smith to Michael. It's unfair. You talk about his college, his, 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 his you know, his season stats. Yeah, they're great. 50 catches, 701 yards. Philadelphia should be grateful. 12 starts. Four touchdowns. 61%, you know, catch rating, but we'll talk about that. Because that's partially because of Jalen Hurts, man. If Jalen Hurts, if Gardner Minshew was Devontae Smith's quarterback, he would have 1,000 yards by now. Period, point blank. He'll have it next year. You know, he'll have it next year. Um, Michael Parsons' year this year is just crazy. Like, what do you say to a guy like that? Like, 75 tackles, 17 tackles for loss, 27 quarterback hits, 12 sacks. Like, come on, man. And then he says the NFL is not tough. We're t- He's a different – you just, if Philadelphia had him, then the one thing I heard that killed me was like, oh, you think Philadelphia messed this? You don't even, yo, Brunson, you don't even know this defense. You act like you've seen him become a defender all these times, and we have some type of pass rushing specialist on our team. When you talk about Grenard Avery, we have this pass rushing monster that's been a pro bowler, that's been a pass rusher for years, and has been a productive pass rusher for other teams, and we have to we regressed them. You have to have proof of the stuff you're saying. Gannon, this is his first time being a defensive coordinator. He's been like a defensive quality control person. I, what are you talking about? The other years with Philly? When has Philly had a rusher like this? Shoot, even when Brandon Graham was there, he, they let him rush. They let him get out. They let Michael Kendricks get at the quarterback, but they weren't Micah Parsons. You got to kind of like think about what you're saying. Alex Singleton right now. What's the season? 
Never been a pass rushing type of player. He has 109 total tackles this year. Four tackles for loss. Good year, right? But he's not Micah Parsons. Like, y'all, how are you comparing? All right, TJ Edwards. 94 tackles. 94 total tackles. This guy's been like this since Notre Dame. Four tackles for losses, two quarterback. That's him. Grenard Avery, as much as he's a 38 tackles. When I have sacks, he's it's good. As he, he's just not that type of pass rusher. I'm like, what are you trying to say? And he was a defensive end at one time. You want to have some arguments? Gennar Avery was a beast in college. He was a beast in college. But he didn't even do better than even his last year. His last year, what he had, as much as a pass rusher as he was, his last year with Memphis, you know, we're talking 22 tackles for a loss, 80 and, eight and a half sacks, 80 total tackles. See, one year, you even had two interceptions, 10 tackles, 79 tackles, total tackles. I'm just trying to, you know. But he wasn't considered no generational talent. Do you know Michael Parsons runs faster than most running backs in the NFL? He's powerful than most running backs in the NFL. He runs faster than most receivers in the NFL. He's a 4-4 rushed pad. Has anybody? I might even be shortchanging the speed. This guy's a he's an athletic freak. Like I say, Bo Jackson type. Some guys with the weight that he has cannot run like he does. Bo was one of them. Jackson runs faster. Or maybe he like Bo was something different. It, he never became – I always say Bo Jackson should be in the Hall of Fame. You know why? Because Terrell Davis got there. Terrell Davis is in the Hall of Fame. You know how long he played? Okay, he was Super Bowl MVP. But do you know how long he played? 2000 yards. Do you know how long he played? That's not enough to accumulate, you know, just because you're cut down by injuries. and That's why Penny Hardaway should definitely be in there. Randall Cunningham should definitely be. Y'all waiting too long now. Because there's no way you look at a guy that didn't even get to play. I, I guess because most of his years were just dynamic. No, that's not make no sense. Bo Jackson's years in there, he was one of the most electrifying athletes of all time. That's what puts him in the Hall of Fame. Played two and was a, it was an All Star and both in the Pro Bowler. What? As good as Deion Sanders was, he wasn't good as Bo Jackson. Not even as good as Bo Jackson. Unbelie- big dude, unbelievable athletic ability. At a time when you didn't even see two four stars be that good. You got other guys like Dave DeBusher back then. He played two different sports, baseball, basketball. It was other guys. It was guys like that, but they wasn't Bo Jackson. That's what I'm saying. It's differences. Yes, Detroit got a good, great player. There's a two-sport that was phenomenon just to even play it, even at a decent level. If you weren't good, if you were on a Major League Baseball team and you made it and you were playing for another sport, it was just phenomenon to play both. But David Bush was actually a real good basketball player. Did his thing in the major league. So to see Bo Jackson come in those years, and he was dominant. Like he was unbelievable. A, 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 that glove, his speed, his power on baseball. And he was almost unstoppable. It's the only thing he played behind Marcus Allen. He would have had more yards than that. So now we go to Devontae Smith. We look at Devontae Smith. Second year, 42 catches, 693 yards. Now, this was nobody talked about him, but the next year, you know, you got some talk, this and that. It's Alabama. It's the, the junior year was it. 18 yards per catch. He ran 16 yards per catch before then. Shit, he had eight catches for 160 yards with three touchdowns, 20 yards per catch the first year. 
But, man, with 14 touchdowns that, that junior year, I mean, when you do that for Alabama, 68 catches. And then the next year, the Howden Trophy, 117 catches, 1,000, almost 2,000 yards catching. Let's just say that. Still 15.9 yards per catch, good yards per catch, and 23 touchdowns. This guy was unbelievable. Now there's like, oh, this guy is a transcendent. You know, you it's, it's what you do in college football, so you got to give him that. I mean, the guy was 6'1", 160. For, for him to be able to be doing that with Alabama, SEC is one of the toughest, if not the toughest, conference in college football. Top three for sure. You know, you got Big Ten. You get the SEC, them two, big-time conferences. So then, Michael Parsons. What's making everything? Why is it? What makes his season so much more remarkable? He was a defensive end, a five star, and came in and played five star as a linebacker. Like quick, like so quick. Still asking to play running back for Penn State. <laughs> then the second year, Jesus Christ, he was better. He didn't even have the the responsibility. Everybody's talking about, oh well, if he got with the Eagles. They would have took took everything away. He wouldn't have been playing that same role. Okay, what made him a top top ten, top five talent in this draft? The way he played linebacker at Penn State. Look at his sacks at Penn State. I, I mean, for real. Look at his sacks at Penn State. We all know what happened here. Eighty two tackles his first year, right? And the next year, he had over 100 tackles. But you got to understand where I'm coming from on this. The sacks, like four sacks, five, excuse me, five sacks in 2019. 14 tackles, four loss. He had five pass defenses, proving that this guy, <laughs> four force fumbles, proving that this guy, can just play a regular stand-up linebacker without just being, and that's 13 games in college football. And believe me, you let me tell you something. He was on that field. He was the, he changed the game, not even being a 12-sack guy. Dallas plays him different. You can just play him anywhere. Philly could have played him anywhere. He would have impacted that defense any type of way. That's the first thing. But when you see how much a guy can pass rush like that, do you think Philly would have held him back? I, I don't get that. I'm going to get that. Philly plays a 4-3 defense. You know, sometimes, you know, they, they knock out the uh, linebacker, put more defensive backs. You know, a lot of colleges do that. So if you saw this guy relentlessly hitting and you realize this guy, I mean, they, I've seen Alex, Alex Singleton rush up the middle. I've seen TJ Edwards rush up. But you talking about, if you see – just like he now, this is crazy. Just like he can say that, I can say the same thing. Keep his opinion about Gannon. Gannon, this is his first year as a defensive coordinator, so I don't see where he's getting his homework. Defensive quality control. He was never a defensive coordinator. He was a defensive backs coach. You see a guy in practice. Dallas didn't know they was gonna do with him either. <laughs> Straight up. They didn't know. It was like in. They didn't know if it was linebacker. They didn't know how he was going to do him. But they knew once they saw him start eating people in practice. Oh, we not letting this dude. This is, we need this. This is what we need. We need another pass rusher. Because he makes everybody there better. Without him, there's a totally different Dallas team. Totally different. Best pass rusher on there. Makes Marcus Lawrence look like an afterthought. Any other pass rusher look like an afterthought. He is the best player over Ezekiel Elliott. The only second best player on there, I think, to me, is CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb was an unbelievable dude. It's another guy I feel like the Eagles should have went for. They didn't get him. So what? <sighs> Crazy, right? Who am I? What am I talking? I'll I say Saquon Barkley was another guy, but um, injuries or something. But, man, he's a, he's a game-changing talent. He just ain't been able to stay on the field. Generational talent. You can say what you want. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. Then he's playing with fucking Giants. They can't get right. Not everybody can turn into Barry Sanders. It's only been one of those. 
the once in a lifetime talent, the generational lifetime talent. I still think he's the best talent ever. I mean, my pops talks about Gail Sayers, uh, Jim Brown. Gail Sayers was my pops. He was the best running back ever to pops. And man, when you look at his tape and read his history, Jesus Christ. He got to be the second. As good as Jim Brown was, Gail Sayers did so much more. But Jesus, man. I mean, this is an easy argument. I mean, there's not a player on Philly like Micah Parsons, so how could you say that they put him on there and he would get trashed? Then you're saying that he can't play coverage. Have you even watched this, man? Brunson. I mean, some of the stuff you say is crazy. Just because they're they're, they're playing him a whole other way. Sometimes they play him in coverage. Just because you see him get beat once or twice. That's not even his major priority. But you've also seen him make plays back there. So the same play you see him don't make, he makes. Let him be stand up and make that linebacker position. It'll be totally different. If they wanted him just to out, he could. But um, um, McCarthy looked at that and said, no, I want him to rush. Penn State didn't even do that. Penn State had so many other rushes, including O.A. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? O.A. was still on there. Shaka Tony was still on there. Daniel Joseph was still on there. P.J. Mustafa was still on there. Fred Hansen was still on there. Antonio Shelton, they had so many dogs. The D-line, they called them wild dogs. So they put Micah Parsons back so they can let other guys eat. And you say, well, you say oh, well, they were stupid. No, they wasn't. He was still an All-American linebacker. Oh, that would have changed? No. Dog. They had enough pass rushers. Stop it. That's retarded to even say. Look what Chase Young did for Ohio State. Okay. Just go back and look at Ohio State. Chase Young State. I ain't got to say nothing. There was a big reason why they put Parsons there. Of course, they could have trashed. What if they would have said, well, Parsons couldn't play linebacker. He still would have had the defensive end position. No question. But they, it, the fact is that you can play Parsons at linebacker like that. That's the funny part. Like, it's a difference if you say, oh, we want to try to give him some time. You know. They played him the same way Dallas played, except he was just more in coverage because they rotated their linemen at Penn State so much. Those guys won't be generational talents like Parsons, but these are college players. This is a college team with a T. So you got to get players in there who still still talented guys in there. Look at look what Shaq and Tony did. Look at the sacks on the D-line. Let's go back. Look at them boys. Shane Simmons, look at them boys. Still dogs. Nobody else could play the linebacker position. But Parsons actually could. Somebody just would have sat back. Parsons would have started. Or he would have shared time with somebody. He would have started and somebody would have shared time. With you know, he would have just shared time with someone. Because it's freshman season, 82 tackles. Second year, 109 tackles. Like, what do you say? You know, he has three, uh, two pass defenses this year and three forced fumbles. I mean, this is a guy that can just do anything. He has, has no weakness. There's always a weakness or there's just a weak point. See, weaknesses mean you absolutely, you can't, some, you just, the weaknesses is just a label for a guy like him or Mahomes or. Like you say, Tom Brady, he's not a good rusher. That's his weakness. That's actually a weakness. He doesn't rush. He can't rush. It's not his on his feet. No, he's no. Tom Peyton Manning. These are still generational talents. What is Barry Sanders' weakness? To have a little bit more power. Um, can block. Bo Jackson can block. He was one of those guys. Where's the weakness at? 
You pass from the ball, he can, he can catch it. He can run over you. He can run around you. He can block you. He's just a total monster. Some guys just don't have it. And like I always say, there are generational talents and there are generational players. I will put that on Twitter. There are generational talents and there are generational players. I'm just playing with y'all because this is how you want to judge it. I can, I can still tell you how the generational talents, but with, with people looking at with J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald are generational players. Chase Young and Michael, Micah Parsons are generational talents. And some of them will always make it to be generational players. Tony Mandrick. Rick Meyer. Just saying, Jamarcus Russell. These guys are supposed to be generational talents, right? Just saying. Reggie Bush was a generational talent. He didn't become a generational player. Where? He didn't become that. On to the Michael Parsons, Devontae Smith. You get Michael Parsons, you change the whole game. That's just what it is. I guess you're looking at the receivers like who's going to catch. Well, how much of a difference is Devontae Smith actually making? You put Quez Watkins in there. I can trust him. Put Quez Watkins in there. Then who, who knows who they can look for in the draft? Or They found Milton Williams. They found some good defensive players. Who knows who they can look for in the draft? That was still there. It was definitely guys there that you can have to come in there and fight for that spot. Looking at y'all, oh, we got Jalen Rager. How will we make it with man? Listen, it's a little crazy to to even go that route. Looking at the games he had, I mean, what, what are we trying to say here? He had the one with Kansas City. They lost seven catches for one hundred twenty-two yards. And they lost again when he had 116 yards against Los Angeles Chargers. So what what are we saying right now? We we did win the opener when he had 71 yards. But what are we saying? Two game winning streak, Denver, New Orleans, 66, 60, 60 plus yards. But then we lost against Las Vegas. Like it's not like we have a receiver. It's not like we couldn't have another guy. Quez Watkins is having. He he's definitely proved what he can do. Minshew threw to him for some time. Listen, yeah, I, I mentioned Minshew again. But with the defense being ranked now around fifteenth which was a crazy uh, point that my boy Brunson brought up. He was like, uh, yeah, we're 10th in offense and 15th in defense. We didn't just get here by this game. Yes, we did. All the stats came after that game. And what are you, what are you bragging about a top 15, number 15 ranked defense when we were higher than that? We were higher than that before the first five games. We were better than that. 10th ranked in offense, listen, we would have found somebody, no doubt. Better than we could find somebody on defense because we went through a lot of linebackers. There's some talent there, linebacker. But none of them like not none of them like Parsons. We got talent in the defensive line. That's where the, the, the bread and butter lies. But nobody like Michael Parsons. And the receivers? What do you want me to say? Nobody like Devontae Smith? I don't think they have the long term potential or you know, talent like Devontae Smith, but the guys that could be productive like him, Quiz Watkins, yes. Greg Ward Jr. don't have no catch this year, and boy, does Hurts trust him. We know how bad Rager is, but with the offensive scheme that Seriani did, just look at look at Devontae Smith. Do we want to even get a more of a pinpoint? Devontae Smith had 15 yards against Detroit. One catch. As we're going more and more toward wins. Looking for wins. When he's not heavily involved, I guess can't get the ball. I guess they lose, huh? 
but then he can still have 66 yards and they still win. They still lose 30 to 13. They still, excuse me, he can have 66 yards, they can win 30 to 13. But he can also have 61 yards and they lose 33 to 22. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, what are we saying right now? But if you can stop people from scoring, <laughs> hey, hey, how you doing? That's different. Do something to shake the offense instead of be when the defense gets so tired of being on the field. You got to have somebody like Micah Parsons who motor doesn't run down. You don't get that. Defenses get tired. Micah Parsons don't look like he get tired, man. I've seen this guy since high school. He don't look like he get tired, man. He can be all over the field all day long. The only thing that's going to stop him is the injury. You know what I think Michael Parsons' weaknesses is? I think overconfidence because it's going to be a challenge where somebody's going to get to him. Somebody's always going to shut you down or contain you. It's just what's going to happen. All of them have been through it, everybody. On defense, they've all been through it. You look at all the defensive players from Deacon Jones, who has the most de- uh, rings isn't always the top defensive player. who's the the best defensive player I've ever seen, who I think is the greatest defensive player of all time, I think it's Ray Lewis. Because he's generally won games by just the defense being so elite and him being the X factor. Him. You, you see the game. Michael Parsons has that. He does. It's no question. He has it. But he only won two Super Bowls. He didn't win five, six, seven. You know, you got to have an offense do this and that. But even when Tom Brady was winning, he had to have elite defenses. That's just what it is, man. L.A. Rams, greatest show on turf. They won what? How many? The Buffalo Bills had an unbelievable offense. How many did they win? San Francisco had, listen, they was one of those teams that had them offenses. They was. But Steve Young won how many? And they had some great offenses. Oh yeah. My Dan Marino. How many how many did he win? I mean, you just gotta understand you have to have that defense, bro. You got to. Philadelphia in in two thousand five. As good as this Philadelphia Eagles team was and deep as it was, you're talking about they they didn't have one receiver better than Terrell Owens. Not one. You know, it was a lot of running backs. J.H.I.E., they were good. They did their job. They were productive. They were dangerous. But none of them was better than Brian Westbrook. Chad Lewis was a damn good tight end. So was L.J. Smith. Good combo. Two tight ends. Elite offensive line. But if they had somebody like Michael Parsons. The reason Dallas won. Look, Charles Haley changed them. Charles Haley changed. They kept winning. Then they got Deion Sanders. Defense. When you get game changers, you get them. Devontae Smith, listen. You A guy like Michael Parsons can win just as many games as Devontae Smith. Takeovers. Uh, t- uh, turnovers. Sacks. He can win more games than Devontae Smith. Look at him. Why? What keeps Dallas rolling right now? Because, you know, they always implode near the end. What's keeping them, Micah Parsons? They've always had good offenses and teams that look good on paper. Even defenses, they might not be. They might have holes in them, like the sometimes the linebackers get hurt. Sean Lee, the, the cornerbacks, the defensive backs are not good. But what makes the defensive backs good this year? As good as Diggs is, is one guy that's making them good, and that's Parsons. Because he continues to rush the quarterback. So that's it, y'all. Listen, there's nothing more you can say there. Parsons, yes. Some people are crazy. Miles Garrett's another guy I got to tell you, generational talent. Turned into a generational player. People knew about this guy already. As I said, generational talents have to be top 10 recruit type guys. When you say talents, but generational players, they prove that in the NFL. That's through some years. It gotta be can't be the first year. Three or four years when you start seeing certain stuff a dude do, you come a generational player. So listen, y'all, I'm out of here. So I just wanna say to y'all, man, 
Thanks for coming out to the Fatherly the Show. Listen to your boy. Another hot subject. Shout out to Lord Brunson. Shout out to all the commenters out there. Y'all comment. I will put it on a subject and talk about it, my man. I will shout y'all out. I will give y'all love. Um, continue to follow the leader on Twitter, Instagram, and follow High Level Sports. Dot com and go to high level minus sign sports.com. Holler at me. I'm out.